Stirring the pot with Drip Kitchen. Ah, uh, Club Loose. I don't know, guys. How do you feel about Club Loose? Like, how do you, how do you feel like, I don't know, improved your driving, improved your socialness? Like, I feel like Club Loose has done a lot of different things for all of us. It's made me more of a jerk. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's ruined no. reality, but. <laughs> I think, um, I think I came into Club Loose being like super quiet and like new to drifting and new to everything and over the years I just feel a lot more comfortable with everybody I feel like I can be myself around them yeah they're easy to get along with to be honest with you at least I feel like they are um I don't know I definitely became more social there just because I do feel like they're so welcoming I know that that might not be across the board but I think it kind of depends on the kind of person you are too I think it's made us both better, both better drivers as well. Oh, for sure. I would have to say that they were the one place that really like, they just know how to say it in a way that is going to push you to be a better driver. Like you have to be a little mean to get the point across. Like, like honest though, you know, they don't cut corners when it comes to it. They don't want to just, you know, sugarcoat it and uh, tell you something that isn't true. I mean, if you, they want you to be a better driver, I mean, you're the one going down there wasting your money and your tires and here, no, nah, you're doing great, but. Let's put it this way. When I did my first pro bro down, there were a bunch of people that were like, wow, good job, blah, blah, blah. And then I remember Willie came up to me and he was just like, hey. I just want to let you know you're going backwards as a driver. I'm watching you out there and you're scared to fuck up your car and you need to trailer it. Hmm. He's like, yo, you're driving down, you know, all these miles to get here. And like, it shows that you're scared. And I was like, well, that sucks, but I appreciate that. (laughs) So here's a good one. What's your best club loose memory? Could be driving, could be socially. I know, just laying it out on you. I mean, that it, that's hard to pick because there's so many good ones. Um, I think I really like the Haunted Moves the first year that I went. So would that have been 2019? Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was a lot of fun. You guys were freezing your ass off too. No, it wasn't that bad. Oh, I mean, it was cold, but I think the last Haunted Moves was way colder. Yeah, yeah, no, it was. So that's why I wore a onesie as a costume. But you guys were all Sailor Scouts, so I figured you guys would have been freezing your asses off. I think my favorite time outside of the Drift Kitchen event, because that was pretty, like, surreal. That was really cool. Um, I think probably when I finally got bumped up to B-class, That was really, that was a good day. I had that racing suit that Manny got me for my birthday. And I don't know, maybe help. Maybe I'll look more professional. And that's, I was like, oh, hell yeah. This is so cool. I felt super accomplished. I think my favorite was when I first showed up uh, with Chet. 
And because he never brings a girl to the track, as soon as I showed up, uh, Dave started screaming, Chet's got a girlfriend! (laughs) And I don't know. I was just like, hey. I don't know. For some reason, that was funny. It goes to show, like, the mentality. They're all just a bunch of, like, you know, big kids. And um, I don't know. It's cute. But, yeah, that, that made me laugh. Dave. Usually Dave makes me laugh in general. He's a good one. Is it weird sometimes, like, I like going there and not driving. Like, I'll just have a drink at Sneaky Pete's and, like, watch people drive. And it's a lot of fun. And just, like, hanging out with people. No, it's not weird. That's all I do. That's all I do. I just go down there just to hang out with everybody because I like them so much as people. It's just, for me, I feel like I watch drifting 25% of the day. And then the 75% is me walking around socializing. Oh, I'm not going to lie. Like one of my favorite things ever is when Taylor and I are on track at the same time and we'll both be somewhere like kind of close to each other in line. And we're both like, yo, sick run. (laughs) And I'll see like the end of one of our runs and backtrack while I'm on front track. I'm like, yeah, we killing it. You guys are just making each other. Did you see that? That was so good. (laughs) Yeah. Hell yeah. No, no, that's cool. I know. Yeah, you guys are. You guys are both B group. So you guys probably do see each other. Oh, yeah. No shit. That's cool. Yeah, so we'll we'll have like a you know text thread going sometimes, and we'll just be like, oh yeah, this is this is awesome. Taylor, I know you like backtrack. I love backtrack. I know. I see. You I don't know why. It. I, yeah, I don't know why people. I mean, don't get me wrong, front track is really fun too, but backtrack. Like you wait in line with like five people ahead of you, and then there's like twenty people in front like I don't know people just don't go to backtrack and I don't know why I don't know why either I don't know if they just they're like oh okay I got this like but no you can like really go crazy with that first turn I hate it's scary but I think it's a lot to do with a lot of people want to get media of them a lot of people want to go up on the wall um yeah I think that's what it has to do with is everybody wants to you know try the wall and I think that's the popularity of French Rock. And that's the one you see all the time when people post Club Loose. They have all the pictures from the wall and everything. And I, I think that's a huge thing. I mean, obviously, I'm kind of speaking as a spectator. But I think that's a lot why people ignore Backtrack. Or they think it's just a C-class thing, maybe. I don't know. Would you say, would you say like, the spectating is better in the Front Track? Yeah, 100%. Honestly, <laughs> I've gone towards Tree Turn a few times to watch and that's a great area to spectate don't get me wrong tree turns really cool when you want to see like uh fast entries and everything um but i'm not gonna lie i never really go to the bleachers um on backtrack and i think that's part of it is i think people want to be seen especially if they're pretty confident in their driving i think uh they want to be noticed and maybe it's a misconcept that if they stay on backtrack they think they won't get bumped up if they're not seen, but I mean, those guys are really good about staying on track of, you know, how everybody's doing. Um, I think people fail to realize that they have people at every corner with walkie talkies and flags. Like they see you and they do, they talk about you guys, like, like not you guys, but drivers all day, you know, who's doing good, who's doing bad, who needs to, you know, get bumped down, who needs to get bumped up. Like those guys are very on their shit when it comes to like, you know, paying attention. So backtrack or not, uh, they'll they'll notice you and if anything if you're on backtrack they know that you're probably doing it for the right reasons and you're trying to you know progress you're not just trying to get up on the wall and get a good shot 
I mean, it's definitely nice when it's split, like when it's even where there's just, you know, X amount of people on the side. So then you can kind of, you know, switch off if you want, but I've noticed I get way more seat time on backtrack than anything. Yeah. I'll and usually time over everything. <laughs> I'll try I'll be like, all right, I did like four or five runs on the backtrack. I'll now I'll go do like one or maybe two on the front. And then I'll be like, oh, I don't want to sit here in line. I just want to like keep going. I think this past season was hard for me because it was like, okay, I really want to go on backtrack because I'm not waiting that long, but I also haven't had that much experience on front track. So I also wanted to like push myself because to me, I mean, that first turn I felt was harder than Backtrack's first turn. Um, I don't know if it was just like the intimidation of it. So like, it kind of sucked. Like I would force myself and I would have to sit in line because I was trying to, you know, get used to front track, even yeah. though I wanted to go to Backtrack, but. No, I don't know. I mean, Backtrack looks pretty fucking complicated. I get that it might not be as high speed entries, but I mean, I feel like it's a lot twistier overall. I mean, like I said, this is coming from someone who's always sat passenger, so I really don't know the logistics behind driving it, but. I mean, I think you can enter just as fast. I'm not really sure. I've never done it, <laughs> but. I don't know either. Why? How fast do you guys enter on backtrack? Oh, that's a good question. I'm not sure. I've really only seen my front track videos with the miles per hour. Yeah. What are you hitting on for a while? I felt like for a while I was going faster on backtrack than I was front track first turn. It was just super intimidating because I couldn't see. And I was just more used to the other turn. And yeah. Yeah. I'm usually around like 63, 65 on front track. I don't know about back though. I feel like now that I've been doing front track a lot, maybe I need to keep going back to backtrack because I feel like I'm not pushing myself enough there anymore. Yeah. I know that backtrack eats tires like a motherfucker. Especially when you're doing it reverse. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I noticed that when they'll do like a full, they let us do like a full course. By the time you're done tree turn and you're going into that back track, it's like you're done. Yeah. Some people just use it as like a little cool down lap. They don't even drive that one. It's really fun though. Yeah. I think <laughs> poor backtrack. They always do try and push people to that, too. I feel like at every driver's meeting, they're like, guys, use backtrack, use backtrack. They know. They know that people want to be, you know, in media. They want to see people, you know. But, you know, if you're there for media, that's one thing. But like you guys, if you guys are just trying to get seats. My whole thing is <laughs> if you're there for media, you're there for the wrong reasons. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and if you're spending the money, like at least to me, if I'm spending the money on the drift day, I want to try to get in more laps you know so this week we are talking to matt petty and tim johnsert from club loose they are the two guys that pretty much run everything and um yeah we're gonna find out more about how they started and uh, yeah so how did this whole thing start let's start with that it was 2001 and I went to Japan for Tokyo Auto Salon and bought a Drifting Goku video, Drifting Goku number one, mm -hmm. on VHS tape. And uh, all my friends were into like drag racing and shit. So I came back and I was like, uh, you guys should check this out because it's like cars that are that we're kind of into. And um, they're just sliding around. 
and this is, looks so much more fun than drag racing. And they were all told me that it was stupid. <laughs> and um, I was like, okay, that's great. I'm really into this now, even though I've never done it before in my life. So I'm going to figure out how to do this. And uh, it kind of just went from there, basically. Did you guys know each other at the time? No. 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 No, I met, I met Matt through drifting at English Town. Okay. So how did you get there, Tim? I, I didn't go to Japan. I didn't get to do anything that cool. But I definitely downloaded some viruses with, along with some drifting videos on my computer in college. <laughs> and uh, decided that a 240 was a great purchase for us, my only car back, in, back at that point. So picked one up, got into messing with it. And one day on one of the, you guys probably don't even remember when there used to be not even forums. There were just email listservs that basically you sign up and people send emails talking about, it's basically a forum over email. And I get an email from Matt. He had sent an email out to one of the groups saying, we're going to start drifting at English town next March. Who wants to come in? Who wants to come? So that was probably fall of 2002 Holy when I got that. And then March it started. Okay. I was 12 years old. So that's why I have. <laughs> Um, I heard about people having to order parts from the back of like magazines and stuff when they didn't have the internet. The only way you could like build a car was by like literally getting like import magazines and then like having to call in on the back advertisements. And that blows my mind. I'm like, that sucks. Yeah. Or you had to wait for a group buy so you could actually afford subframe spacers. Yeah. <laughs> Christ. Drifting now is like way easier as far as like building a car is concerned. Like there's options like as far as like picking parts and stuff like that. Like most of the time it was, you know, I was in, I was in Corollas. So it was like, okay, you know, all the Japanese cars have four links on them, like adjustable four links. I obviously need a four link. Mm -hmm. so um you know you're like let's see what the options are and it was cusco and that was it and you could get a cusco four link and it was 500 dollars or something crazy and then like 250 to ship it right and then like three months for it to get here mm -hmm. and then like if you broke it or bent it or whatever you're beat so like that's how it was it's like the cars couldn't really progress. Like you couldn't go out and like order all your parts for a car in like a week. You know what I mean? Or like plan your build based on anything because it was like, okay, uh, I can get this, con these control arms from X company and it's going to take, you know, three months from Japan and they're a million dollars. And, you know, I hope I don't break it. Or like, you know, you're put like doing an SR swap or something would be like, be like 15 grand. So it's actually kind of back to the normal price now that SRs are like a million. <laughs> but like, you know, back then it was like an SR was like 1500 bucks, but the intercooler was like $800. Yeah. 
and it was oh, you can have a Greddy one or an HKS, and that was it. Those are your options. There was no other options. Oh my God, those are some dark times. <laughs> I mean, we learned a lot doing all that. You couldn't just order stuff and try to and hope it worked. You had to like think about it. Otherwise, that $500 you spent for TC rods and subframe collars kind of went in the garbage. Did you become an engineer so you wouldn't waste so much time? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like as an engineer, I waste more time on this stuff. No, it's, yeah, it's because he's a nerd. He wants to talk <laughs> about that stuff. But definitely, Tim knew what he was doing. Tim, that's like, I feel like why we became such good friends is like, Tim needs like a little bit of, uh, you know, like push to make something happen. But then when you need, when you need Tim to figure something out, Tim's going to hundred percent figure it out and he will be right. And he will have factual supporting evidence as to why. (laughs) And and there's no other option to it. Like he's already got it figured out. So like, stop even talking about it. It's usually in a spreadsheet or multiple. I've heard a little bit about the, your spreadsheets. Yeah. Nanny was impressed. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, like, yeah, we, have a, we have a gearing one that we've been using to basically set up everyone's cars over the last couple of years. Um, I think we were told that you do them for like events for like your grocery lists as well for events kind of thing. Like all the things that you need, like waters and like that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, they're more basic. There's not many formulas or graphs in those, but yeah, they're, they're spreadsheets. Did we lose Matt or is he just really still? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just laughing. Because <laughs> oh. it's all true. It's all true. <laughs> I'm going to get a slice of pizza, too. Okay, go. Go get it. <laughs> Do you want chocolate? No. I feel like you guys kind of yeah. answered our first three questions, like, right off the rip. <laughs> All right. See, like I said, this, we just start the conversation and we're going we're gonna to hit everything. I know. Most of it. Well, you guys kind of talked about, well, actually, Matt, you answered, base, oh wait, you guys both kind of answered your first drift car. Now think about it. You said you were the Corolla guy and you got a 240. And, um, yeah. I started, I started with a hatchback. Well, uh, I guess my first real drift car was a Corolla. Yeah. But I don't know. I bought a hatchback off of Tony Angelo, and that's how we that's how we like met. Well, no, Chris Forsberg bought a RX seven off of me through like a he worked with a mutual coworker, and that's how we met. Oh. And they came over to my house for a party, and they were like, "Oh, you're into drifting?" Blah, blah. And then we were all like, "Yeah, we're into drifting." And um, then Tony had like a Corolla for sale and I, I watched like another drift and Goku VHS that I ordered. And there was like, <clears throat> Yuyo was in there with like his old black hatchback. And I was like, Holy shit. Like this car's so good. And I was like, I need a hatchback Corolla. And I bought one and I'm like, I don't really like hatchbacks. <laughs> so it's, then I got a coupe and, um, that's like what I really started working on. Like I started putting a lot of parts on it and, you know, trying to make it as good as it can and like try to figure out like Corollas are really pretty difficult to drive. So I tried to like make it easier, like how the two forties drove mm-hmm. and we kind of figured it out, started making our own parts for them and stuff like that. Cause again, like stuff would take forever and was super expensive. 
So that, yeah, Corolla is my first drift car, I would say. My first real car. And that's the one that's still at the track now. Yeah. Oh, you still yeah, have still So, have Kim, you probably saw it when they when they had all the Corollas out and, and Alexis. You guys probably saw it, too. Oh, I think I did. I didn't know one was yours, though. One is Petty's. No shit. Yeah, Tim still has his first 240, too. Yeah, mine's mine's in my garage. It'll it'll get to the track at some point. <laughs> that's so weird that you guys have your first cars. I feel like that's so rare. Yeah, I'm gonna be buried in that thing like a Russian gangster. <laughs> like we're gonna have to like dig a big pit and put me in the car and then the car in the ground. You got enough volunteers. It shouldn't take that long. <laughs> we have heavy equipment. That's the most important. <laughs> yeah, we just need Hop for this task. Are you going to be buried in that little, uh, what do you call it? That giant fan, that boat thing. Is that the hovercraft? No. Yeah. No. <laughs> I'm, not get, I'm not getting buried. I'm getting shot out of a cannon. And cool. like a Viking raft and lit on fire. <laughs> I don't need to take up that space. All right, ladies. Well, I feel like they kind of covered like our first four questions, actually. Um, did you guys want to ask them about the Bloodmasters and Club Loose one? Since... I don't want this to be yeah. the Kim cast. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so where did the names Bloodmasters and Club Loose come from? What happened? <laughs> <laughs> it just said my network connection was unstable. I don't understand. You did that. freeze. It was just your legs for a second and <laughs> you're back now. Um, no, we were wondering what the names uh, Bloodmasters and Club Loose, where those names came from. Um, I can't tell you about Bloodmasters. Okay. Because it's a joke. <laughs> hilarious. But, um, so when Club Loose started, it it wasn't Club Loose. We ran, like, parking lot tripping with another dude who was, like, uh, it's a really long story. But, like, um, Mike Knapp didn't want that guy involved anymore so he called me oh, okay when you set up like an oval track car to to slide it, you know you set it up loose so i was just like yeah it's club loose like he needed a name like right now to get it on the schedule for english town at the time so i was like yeah it's just like club loose it's fine so it kind of just stuck and we never reevaluated it so it's what it is it seemed to work I was like on my lunch break from that job, like sitting in a 7-Eleven parking lot, like eating taquitos for lunch. <laughs> and uh, he, Mike Knapp from Englishtown called me and was like, we got to come up with a name right now because that dude sucks and fuck him. So uh, <clears throat> we're going to keep running drifting, but you're going to be in charge. And I was like, oh, OK. So we had to come up with a name and like, I don't know, it just like came. It was like the first thing I thought of just to like get off the phone with him so we could proceed. Wow. I was going to say, I, I, that's a funnier, weirder story than I thought. For some reason, I thought there was going to be this huge, like weird meaning behind it. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> You'll find out there's not a lot of huge, weird meanings behind a lot of the stuff we do. Yeah. Uh, well, when we were asking about the Blood Mistresses, it was funny, though, because Sarah's like, it started off the same way Bloodmasters did. A joke. <laughs> and I was like, oh. I was like, well, it went on for a really long time. So, haha. 
Yeah, the Blood Masters is literally the longest running joke that I've been part of, besides my sad life. But <laughs> <laughs> as far as drifting is concerned, that that one's going pretty long now. So I am going to skip a couple questions just because I feel like this one relates. What does it mean to be a Blood Master, and how does someone become one? Um, it's just dudes we want to hang out with, really. <laughs> <laughs> dudes that are awesome we want to hang out with i mean we want to hang out with some other people too but i don't know it's guys that i think drive well everybody thinks drives drive well and um you know they're pretty cool that's about it that's it <laughs> like, you know everybody at the track seems to like migrate into like a group of people that they hang out with mm-hmm. um we just give them denim vests and that's the people we want to hang out with. <laughs> yeah. No, it's just funny though, because I feel like that's like a thing though for a lot of people is that they're just like, wow, how did that guy get to be a blood master and everything? And it's funny because it's really just as simple as, I don't know, you got to be one of their homies and <laughs> you got to help. Right. Yeah, exactly. There's no like weird. It's a little deeper than that, but there's no good way to explain it. No, it's just, Basically, just tell people you can't then. You just, you can't. Yeah. (laughs) If you have to ask, you can. (laughs) Thank God I didn't ask. (laughs) (laughs) I know, because then you wouldn't have gotten your patch. Yeah. No, that was funny. I wasn't expecting that. That was, um, that was really nice, though. And Um, we got it on video for the rest of our lives. I know. I was joking around about just wearing it uh, to the grocery store and stuff. It's, it's fine. Nobody gives a shit. No, nobody knows. No, rip it wherever you want. You know. No, see, I don't want to be the nerd either, though. I'm just gonna wait until everybody else, like all the girls, are wearing theirs. I don't want to be the one person where it's like, Kim, you don't have to wear it to every event. Like, don't do that. Don't. No, sure, absolutely, you do. You got to put yeah. it on at least once. I will put it on once. I don't even have the vest yet, but I'm still shopping. Don't worry. All right. Alexis Taylor, you you answer questions too. I'm sitting here uh, talking too much. Well, we knew you would be the one talking the whole time. I know. I know. Um, what is your favorite event that you guys host? I want to say Haunted Moves. Probably because it's not as stressful as most of the other ones, but it's still we still got a pretty good turnout. It's still a lot of fun. I mean... And Halloween is the best time of year, unless it rains. <laughs> then it's fall moves or something moves or whatever. Whenever it's cooler out, spring, fall. Yeah. Those are the good ones. are like the first two events, three events. Well, opening moves is always crazy. So um, I guess that's not really that fun, but at least the weather's good. I don't like when it's hot. And I also don't like when it's cold. So we have about three weeks total in the entire season where I'm like, all right, this is tolerable. I want to be here. Um, and I, I just like when we come back from the winter break or whatever, and everybody's just really hyped on drifting and they're like, they got all their new, you know, it's like when you used to go to school and it was like your first day fashion show and everybody looked like cool as fuck. 
and they got like new shoes and shit. Everybody's just looking at each other's cars and they're like, yeah, man, your car's so sick. Oh man, blah, blah, blah. I miss you so bad. And uh, everybody gets really hyped up on drifting. That kind of like fuels me through like the worst, like the, the bad heat and like horrible shit that's going to be coming for like August when it's like a hundred degrees with 96% humidity and your car feels like some sort of like death oven. Uh, like that keeps me going. I think until fall where I don't know, the events are kind of fun again because it's like nice out and stuff. You're comfortable. Yeah. Like when it's sweatshirt weather at night. Yeah. That's what I like too. Cause I feel like it's either freezing cold or it's piping hot. I feel like there's really no, there's very few where I'm like, oh yeah, this is good. I like this. I want to know how the other club loose tracks came about, like Texas and especially the one in Ireland. Um, well, Eric O'Sullivan came to drive for Gardell Racing, which was in New Jersey. And he started coming to the track a lot, um, just on his own. Um, and you guys remember the yellow solstice he used to drive? No. Was the only Eric O'Sullivan's a great dude. He was uh, he's from Ireland. Obviously, he came over here to run in Gardella's program, which was he's like a Gary Gardella's a drag racer, like import drag racer, like did really well, made a whole career for himself. He is based in New Jersey, so he started running a drift program that like Turk was involved with, and and Eric O'Sullivan, who was an awesome Corolla driver in Ireland and he came over and he started like, he stuck around for a while and did like uh worked for uh, Gary's uh, business and he stopped professionally drifting. So he was just kind of hanging out and driving um, a Pontiac solstice and he was just coming and having a good time. And then he was like, hey, um, I'm going to go back to Ireland and marry my sweetheart. And uh, I want to run Club Loose over there. And we were like, that's awesome. And he did that. And that's where they're at. <laughs> they're, they're running up Mondello, which looks like a really awesome track. And uh Yeah. That's pretty much happened how it's happened for all the club looses. Like they just, you know, they want to run under a, a rule book that's already done, which is ours. And uh, all our, our rule books are basically based off of shit we've seen go wrong. So um, then we, uh, you know, John Wagner and Jimmy Caldwell, they're running club loose two out in Pittsburgh and uh, Ohio. And, <clears throat> then we got Tyler down in Texas. He basically did the same thing. Just asked us like, Hey, I want to, you know, run some events in Texas. And I was like, go for it. Cause he's an old buddy from zip tied. I don't know how many of you guys know that forum, but yeah. it's probably before your time as well. But no, um, I've seen the shirts. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we were, fr- we were, you know, bros on there and, you know, like he, he liked what we were doing. We liked what he was doing. So we were like, yeah, go for it. So then Club Loose Texas started and uh, we were just down there last year, like riding motorcycles. So we like stopped and hung out with those dudes and they're awesome. So 
Yeah, I, I mean, don't know. We just wanted we wanted like minded dudes that were cool, like similar to Bloodmasters. <laughs> like, yeah, they came to us and wanted said they wanted to just have fun and do fun events down there. They wanted to keep it safe, similar roles, similar structure, and it, it just made sense. And they really took it and ran with it. They've been having as much, if not more, fun we've been. So, what was the drive? Behind creating BMI, you guys don't have any other competition-based events. What made you guys want to do one? I mean, BMI and, and Team Tan, the, this is another thing that has been kind of brewing for years. Mm -hmm. um, not necessarily the competition part. The competition part kind of just came because it made sense and it was good to get everyone out there to battle, come out for a reason. Um. But we had been talking about doing some type of team tandem thing, I don't know, for years. And the road course is great for a lot of things, but for something like that, trying to make it a show, it doesn't really work as well. And then when, uh, when all the stuff changed at English Town and Mike was telling us about plans for what you guys know now as the stadium, mm -hmm. I think that's when at least for me, some of the gears started turning in terms of what we can do in that. And then we had that rough idea, and then Matt kind of threw a lot of his other ideas into it, and we got to where we ended up with BMI. I basically wanted a competition that didn't actually have judges because mm -hmm. I feel like that's – part of the reason why drifting sucks a lot of the times as far as competition is concerned is because like judges have no idea what they're even looking at. So um, we're like, they, they make a lot of reasons clear on what they're looking for. And then they don't even judge that shit. So it's like kind of stupid. So we want to keep that rolling as far as it being stupid and just let the other teams judge each other so uh you know you can basically the the whole reason is like if you want to just judge a team bad they can also judge you bad lee bad lee sorry so like you're gonna go in and you know try to screw some team to win they can also screw you back so that was like the whole thing where we had like all the teams judge and we didn't think that was going to work in the beginning because it was kind of stupid. And we like came up with the idea while we were like probably seriously intoxicated, <laughs> but we said, uh, Hey, let's try it out. Let's see if it works. I think it worked pretty well. But yeah. I mean, what Matt was saying was we weren't sure it was going to work and, and it, it ended up, there were some scores. I mean, we went through and we, ended up tabulating 25 teams worth of scores, averaging them out, adding them up. If you guys want to see a spreadsheet, that was a spreadsheet nightmare. But that was, uh, but it, it worked. I mean, the, the teams that were doing it, the teams that were really putting down the good runs were the ones that ended up where they were supposed to. It worked out. Plus the, the judging section was probably one of the most fun areas to be in that night. Yeah. No. I had probably the best time in drifting that I've had in like the last five years hanging out in the judging stand. And it was great. Every team was talking shit about their own teams and other teams. And it was like, 
It was, there was like no competition there. It was just everyone was shit talking everybody else or getting super pumped when something cool happened. It didn't matter who you came with or who you were judging for. It was like everyone really came together, and that was that was pretty rad. The BMI events. Yeah, I mean, oh. I, I only want to do BMI if it's going to be better than the year before it. So we kind of have to have an idea and a theme to make it awesome, or I don't really even want to do it. That's fair. It's got to be ridiculous. Like it has to top last year, which, you know, and if we're, we're not prepared or whatever, like, let's just cut it. That's fair. You don't want to like tarnish how good it turned out and then kind of put on like a half-assed version of it the following year. Agreed. That is I feel like that's another problem in drifting is people just keep ramming the same bullshit down people's throats. And it's like, all right, like it didn't work. I haven't really been, not in years, haven't really been to too many other events. Um, I mean, I, mean, I, I, you know, obviously we have a home at English Town. We have our cars there. So in terms of that, it's kind of where we, we end up staying a lot more. A lot more than if we were traveling regularly um and in terms of our events though we tend to have fun you know we we have rules we keep it safe and the main thing is really pushing the main other thing we focus on is really pushing our drivers yeah i mean we might come off mean we might be mean to them we might be tough on on them but that's that's kind of the only way to get them get them to be better. So these new drivers, what is one piece of advice that you would say to them? Uh, suck up our advice and listen to it. <laughs> That's fair. I would say personally, uh, just because obviously I've been to other events, I would say that you guys aren't so quick to just kind of hand out participation to trophies when it comes to like bumping people up. And I think that's why people might think you guys are mean. It's because they'll go somewhere else and they'll go from C to A in a matter of, you know, a season. Whereas you guys kind of, you know, you guys have drivers coming back year after year. But that's good, though, because you guys aren't just handing them out. You guys want them to actually progress. I mean, yeah, I, you know, I, I can't speak for how other groups do it. I mean, we've been, we started the group thing, I don't know, probably almost 15 years ago at this point. We started with A, B, and C groups in terms yeah. of driver level. And, it, you know, to get to A group, it's got to be someone that our other A group dudes feel comfortable with. Yeah, you guys don't sugarcoat um, advice. You though. know, when we got lap, you don't get necessarily. What's that? You guys don't Sorry, really. Kim, you, say? you guys don't sugarcoat your advice, though. You guys are just kind of like, this is where you need to be. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's no point in really, you know dancing around it when we're just trying to get these dudes to use their cars and be better. I mean, it, you know, there's, we're not trying to just be mean to them. At least no. not anymore. We probably used to. Um, <laughs> I don't but think it, it's, 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 you know, and, and some dudes get it. Some drivers get it. Some don't. Some get really hurt and offended and don't want to come back because we're too mean and we won't let them do the bank or something like that. But meanwhile, they'll go and try to do the bank and crash. It's kind of, you know, we kind of know what we're doing. 
and we're trying to help them. We're trying to give them the quick, the easy pass to get past the stuff that we've been learning for the last just about 20 years. We've pretty much wasted so much money and time and whatever. And I feel like, you know, how we talked about back in the beginning, as far as like using a car or building a car and how it used to take so long. And like, now it doesn't take long because there's so many things that are available to you as far as like parts or like help. Like there's no reason why it would make sense for us to like blow smoke up a kid's ass and then he sucks. You know what I mean? Like it makes us look bad as a group, you know, like if you have a a driver that's good and he came from club loose, like, that makes us feel good, and that's our job. Our job is to go out there and give you the the the, the information and the sea time and make you good. So if you're going to go out there and we say, don't do the bank because you're new, and you go and do the bank and then you crash, you're just robbing sea time from all those other people that paid because we're spending 25 minutes to clean up your bullshit mess. And it's like, if you just chilled out and listened to us and we would help you set your car up and we would do anything you wanted to, we, anything you need. If you just chilled out, we would end up with, in a situation where you're a better driver in the end, at least giving you enough of the basics to get you through the track without hurting your car and yourself. And then you're not taking anything away from everyone else that's sitting in line waiting to go because mm-hmm. they paid the exact same amount of money as you. So if you're sitting there blowing everyone's time because you destroyed your car when you shouldn't have been doing something. It's that's kind of fucked up. No, that's so if we're going to be mean, that's the reason why it's like, Hey, you're rat fucking everyone else who also paid. Like, how about you just chill out and learn some basics and we're here to teach you. And there's opportunities for that. And that's what honestly keeps us going. I've been doing this forever. And that's the only thing that even like, gives me joy anymore is to see like you know somebody that's like i'm scared or i need help or whatever and our guys just swarm them and help them and it's just like the best feeling ever to see them like like, do what they wanted to do with the help that we gave them you know what i mean yeah that makes sense no you guys just like you have to give them a little bit of you guys just want a good driver because it makes us good yeah, I was going to say, you don't want to waste people's time or money. Yeah, I mean, like, I've sat down there in line waiting for a, a track cleanup, and I'm like, why is this happening? Why is, like, my, my underwear soaked? Like, get me out of here. <laughs> and you're just like, you know, and so there's, yes, and I've been doing this forever. Like, I'll just leave and pelt my car away and not care. But, like, for a person that everything in their life has been leading up to this goddamn weekend and some dickhead decides to throw his car into the wall because he wasn't prepared or he wasn't listening. That's like, come on, bro. Just chill out. Or spin eight times on one lap. Right. Like you spin, get off track. Like let the next guy get a shot. You guys are good with walkie talkies though. I've, I've been around and heard you guys kind of report in on when somebody should probably get bumped down or bump up. You guys are pretty on top of that. I mean, that's, our, that's also our dudes. Our, our team out there is killer. Yeah. 
the dudes that help us out, all the dudes that literally keep this stuff going for us. That that's a lot of them. Yeah, they they know what to look for. They've they're all experienced drivers. They're all excellent people. Mm-hmm. So like um, that has a lot to do with it. Like you know, if if everyone wants to give Tim and I like we're a bunch of jerks, I'm fine with that. I'm 100 percent fine with that. But all the rest of those dudes are not jerks. No. Like, they're excellent. And they're here to help you. And um, that's our job, is literally to make them good. And if you're not good, that's our fault as well. Um, how did you guys rally so many volunteers to help you? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it, Definitely started off a lot smaller. I mean, there there was a time where it was Matt and I and Kevin, basically, and, and a couple of the, the guys that were around in the beginning driving to the track every morning just to run an event. I mean, we would we would do a, a normal Saturday event with four people. It sucked. So are you saying there's hope for us? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean, hope for you guys? Taylor. <laughs> Why you guys want to help out? We always need people. Talk to talk to Maddie Donk since we lose. They're in charge. <laughs> they're, they're in charge of the ground operations. You guys want to wave a flag? I'm sure they'll give you a flag. <laughs> that was actually pretty fun, like being out on grid. Yeah. I mean, I mean I'm sure I'd feel differently in the summertime. You learn a lot being that close and uh, seeing cars move around the track. Like I tell a lot of people to like, uh, you know, watch and they don't, that's like a crazy thing to me. Like beginners don't like watch other people drive. So you don't see, you know, they're just sitting in their car, like texting and shit. And I'm just like, why aren't you watching this person? Like come down, turn one to two, like, because you screwed it up like seven times and this person did it. So, like, what's different? Like, they're just texting or, like, listening to, like, shitty rap music or, like, um, you know, not paying attention or whatever. And you see the people that do, like, the people that watch and the people that pay attention. And all of a sudden, they're doing, like, way better. And they showed up at the same time as some other dude that's just there, like, in his own world. Like, there's a lot you can learn from just watching people I still do. And I've been doing this forever. Like I'll see people drive and I'll be like, how the fuck did that just happen? Like, how did that person just get from there to there? And you, then you have to think about it and you're like, Oh, okay. Like, you know, they're off throttle for a second. Then they're back on throttle, then handbrake. And like all that stuff, as you gain your skills, it all starts to make sense in your head, like how they're actually getting to where they're supposed to be. And then it's just practice and repetition, right? So it kind of drives me nuts when people just don't pay attention to anything except for them driving or when their next run is. When you can learn so much about car position and, and stuff like that, like when we take, we take people out for clinics and we just tell them where to look and where their ultimate goal to get the car is, and then you see that happen and it starts clicking in their brain and then it clicks in their driving that's like pretty much the coolest that's like everything 
That's all, all you could ask for. That's where our track walks help. That's where all that stuff, like learning, learning it and paying attention is really it's important. I think the track walk is probably the best thing that you guys do because you get to see how wide the track is and how much room you're that. Like, because you're doing 90 and you're like, oh my God, it's so small. And then you get out there and you're like, Wow, it's not small at all. It's rough. It's not as scary as it looks. No, we were joking one day about watching like the drone videos, and you think like, "Oh wow, it's really wide on that turn," and then you see the drone video, and you still have like twenty feet on the other side of you. <laughs> Wait a minute, you get drone videos of yourself? Yeah. I've seen one. Yeah, it was terrible. I've never gotten one. <laughs> I should probably drive more. Yeah, it helps. It's okay. Uh, it's always on your worst one anyway. <laughs> so what makes you guys want to keep doing these events and how long do you guys see yourselves still doing it? I mean, to be honest, I think we take turns quitting every other week. So <laughs> yeah. um, Tim, Tim keeps me interested. Matt keeps me interested. We kind of take turns. Um, I mean, this, this is a major part of my life, so it's going to take more than getting annoyed with it for a couple of weeks to, <laughs> to slow it down. But I mean, I see people, um, like I said, get people watching people get better is very rewarding mm-hmm. and, uh, watching like the team and the camaraderie and everybody work together and then like, and then like have a couple drinks at the bar afterwards and like bullshit about drifting and then bullshit about not drifting like that, like other stuff is really cool. Um, I just want people to get good and seeing them get good and knowing that they got good at club loose is very rewarding. I think. Um, yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, Kim saw how much I rode her ass to go drive at the the Drift Kitchen event. Like, I just, like, and then even if you have a bad time, it's better than, like, going to work or, like, you know, like, going to the dentist. So. You know know how hard we tried to get Kim to drive. (laughs) Right. And sometimes, and that's the thing, like, that's the beauty of Club Loose, I, I think, is, like, everybody's there for because they're genuinely into drifting and then also the, the friendships that you make and hanging out with all the like people that are better than you. Like there's tons of people that are better than me and I watch them drive and it's, it's awesome. It's inspiring. Right. And then like, then also taking what you learned and teaching somebody that's not better than you also feels good. So it's like you have like, multi levels to going to the track and having fun. You can like go there and you could be a weirdo and stand in the corner and not interact with us, or you can get involved because chances are you'll have a better time. If you get involved, I think like we're always doing some other bullshit besides drifting there, which is kind of fun. Like there's dumb stuff going on at all times. That's my favorite part of like East coast bash and, 
freedom moves and like the bigger sleepover events is that the next morning you hear all types of shit that went on that you don't even have an idea happened. And you're like, when did that happen? Like, where was I? And like, you hear all these great stories and that's part of like the whole experience. I think is just going to the track, being with a whole bunch of drifters or whatever. And then like having funny stories to tell the next day. To be fair, you guys asked me to drift. Uh, Matt didn't ask. Matt uh, told me I was drifting. So <laughs> that was the difference. I mean, you weren't driving in my car, so somebody had something to do with it. Yeah. Besides, no. Chet, Chet doesn't give a fuck about his car. That's why. I like that about him. Yeah. He's just like, yeah, well, you can't do anything more than I do. So whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it, it's that's another thing too, is like giving people a place to learn, you know, take, take like Justin Cottrell's father pops. He built a car and he was like nervous about it. And like the, everybody came together and like helped him out. You know what I mean? And there's, you know, we have young kids all the way to like, you know, grown ass adult men that are older than me and Tim, which is partly unbelievable, but you know, there's old men drifting with us, and uh, that's pretty awesome. You know what I mean? That it's for everyone. Everyone can do it. It's fun for all ages. Right. <laughs> Except for the, the cursing and the drinking. Yeah, I mean, that's still fun. <laughs> that just comes with the territory, I think. Yeah, I want to know your thoughts on the sim driving. Have you guys tried it? Yeah, it's stupid. <laughs> I don't play video games. Like, if you're going to play video games, like, play, like, something, like, fun. <laughs> I don't get, I don't get, like, I don't, I don't know. I can't shoot people in real life, so I'm going to go play, like, a, a FPS game. That's what I'm into. That's, um, that's fair. I get that people are into it, but I don't really think it translates very much like literally yesterday I was at Kyle and Kayla's house, the Pochecks, and um, they were like messing around on the sim thing. And both Maddie Donks and Justin Cottrell were, and Kyle were in there drifting on some stupid sim thing. And like, they were awful at it. And I was like, this, this isn't real. It's not real. You know what I mean? Like, it's a fucking video game, you idiots. Like, go. I mean, and I've seen, and I've also seen a hundred dudes that are like, yeah, I got like a million hours logged on a sim rig. I'm gonna crush it, and they are fucking far from crushing it. Let's get that straight right now. <laughs> like, I mean, it is kind of cool seeing the mansion and Sneaky Pete's. That was uh, that's and, awesome. Uh, like, whoever is building the scenery, amazing. And some of these. Set of things. It's like you're watching. You see someone playing a video game, and you're like, "I can see my house from here." But I, I don't know. I mean, I guess it helps you learn what a track layout is. But I just, I don't right. feel like that. Once you know how to drive, I don't feel like it does anything. I don't feel like there's much of a benefit. To I just, I feel like it's just more. It's just video games for car nerds. Like I get it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like. It's the same thing if you're like a gun nerd and you're like, 
uh, I'm playing a video game and that AK-47 is very accurate. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that right. is that is a Yugoslavian mount on that AK-47. Like, I get it. You know, there's things that are very accurate, but then, like, I don't really think it's going to teach you how to drift. That's crazy. There's all types of crazy factors that, like... Yeah, the butt fuck. Oh, I don't know. Tom from Front Street just dumped a fuckload of coolant at Tree Turn. What are you going to do? I'm glad uh, that's, that they don't, I don't see that in the sim. That doesn't exist. Well, maybe you need the right mod for the sim. Right. Maybe that exists. I don't know. I'm, I'm not into it enough. But just build a shitty drift car and come drifting. No, that's fair. I I feel very similar about uh drift uh the drift sims just because um yeah, I I don't know. I don't think it's comparable really, but It's not a prerequisite. I I'm sure you can build something that's very close. But there's always going to be factors that don't exist in a video game. So uh, what is your favorite turn on road course for each of you guys? Which layout is your favorite? Reverse. Reverse? XDC. Okay. Reverse XDC? XDC is the best. I mean. I mean, that's debatable. <laughs> I do. I like going really fast. I mean, backtrack is the best. I want to drive backtrack all the time. So that's the only time you can really do it is during reverse. And also, like, I don't enter into the bank reverse. I enter at the wall, so I'm trying something. It's it's different. All those dudes that enter into the bank on reverse, you should try entering at the wall. It'll look better. Yeah, it's a little short. I, yeah. the wall back about four feet, but he didn't seem too into it. <laughs> that's my that's my worst part about reverse is that everybody always comes up short and it just wouldn't happen if you just didn't drift the bank into reverse. But it is fun drifting into the bank reverse. Yeah, I know. And then you do it all while right, right in front like of the bleachers. No one, it's one awkward Monty. One really awkward Monty. <laughs> In front of the free turn, XTC is probably the coolest thing to watch. Um, just the just being at tree turn and watching people stack up coming off of XTC is like the I feel like the the coolest part of Englishtown. But driving, I want to drive reverse. Yeah, I'll drive XTC all day over anything, but that's that's me. What do you guys think the future of drifting is going to be? Um, Hopefully better than the past. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. I had a lot of fun last year, given I all the issues. I mean, a short season, starting everything late, all the, the COVID stuff. I last year. I mean, I kind of want to just keep going and have fun and see where it takes us. I mean, that's as far as I'm thinking in the future. I'm, I'm hoping everyone stays over and parties more. That's pretty much what I'm into. So if you're coming from Club Blues, coming to Club Blues from far away, like 
sleep over. It's more fun. Like come and say hi or don't be a weirdo. Like that's the best part is just being like, Hey, what's up? And then, you know, making friends and hanging out and partying still is like, you know, there's years and years of history at English town of like serious parties. So we've got to like really throw down. Yeah. You guys don't want to be when it got boring. Right. Exactly. (laughs) It'll be over. We'll have to just pull the plug real quick. Right. We're never going to get boring. I'm going to get into golf or something. Don't make me get into golf. Yeah. We'd have to charge that golf cart so much. Those batteries (laughs) are expensive. No one ever plugs it in. I like how you guys have thought of the logistics worst case scenario. It's not going to be golf, I promise. But yeah. don't make me. Well, thank you guys. We got uh, five minutes left of recording. So thank you guys so much for doing this. Uh, that was no awesome. Problem. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. All right, guys. Well, I guess we'll see you in what, a month? Is it a month? It's coming uh, up. Holy shit. <laughs> five weeks till the five weeks till the first clinic. And I haven't yet. So oh. you guys hear it first. Five right. weeks till the clinic. Tim, you didn't even tell me. I did. It's on the calendar. <laughs> All right. Well, Seven thanks. weeks till opening moves. We'll see so, you guys in probably like five weeks or at least opening moves at the very least. Okay. Right, great. Thank you. Thanks. See you guys. Nice to see you guys. Good to see you too. All right. If you guys are interested in following Tim or Matt or Club Loose, uh, obviously Club Loose is at Club Loose, at Blood Masters, obviously. Uh, To follow Tim, you can follow Wise Ass. It is uh, spelt at W-I-I-S-A-S-S. And to follow Petty, let me make sure that it's correct first. Um... Yeah, the Trail of Beers. That is Petty's Insta. And uh, on to Whitmore's Weekly Wisdom. Yeah, I feel like I was a little sappy last week with my, my wisdom words. So this week, my weekly words of wisdom is just to listen to Club Loose. If you have a chance this season, go to one of their events. Uh, I don't think they'll bite your head off. I'm pretty sure they just want to see you improve as drivers. Yeah, they confirm that. That's for sure. They're not mean. They're trying to help you. <laughs> tough love all right guys well we'll see you next tuesday (laughs) see you guys thank you guys again for tuning in and listening to us ramble definitely check out the next episode appreciate all your support don't forget to follow drift kitchen on instagram and to check out their big cartel site and pick up some merch. Thanks again, guys.